one of the reasons I like talking about music with you is that we share a lot of spiritual orientations, you and I, uh, and music sort of is a deep expression of some, something like fundamental about being alive, uh, for both of us. And it comes out in our music and it also comes out of the music that we like and are drawn to and the artists that we're drawn to. And I, and I want to talk about music on that level with you, but I have like a more uh, like urgent quest, like social layer question about it, which is like given the fundamental importance of music to being a human being and the fact that it's like as old as time, that it's like one of the, one of the oldest things that constitutes what human being even is. Why do you think our society has so much trouble like institutionalizing it in this day and age? Why is it so hard to be a musician? Why, why is there such crazy, why are the economics of music so crazy? Why in the age of like abundant data and media and information is there, is music still in such an awkward place given how important it is? The first thing that comes to mind is just a total misunderstanding of music in its ritual context mm -hmm. and the, uh, sort of commodification of everything, you know, yeah. um, in our economy where it's all fodder for the machine, you know, mm -hmm. um, ca capitalism eats its young, you know, it's like anything that is, is of value and is pure, will just get subsumed into it over time. Yeah. And so even if it starts out the right way, it just gets, uh, picked apart. Uh, and and even that uh, framework of music as a consumable product rather than a relational experience gets you off on the wrong foot, you know? And, oh, it's a thing I buy. It's a thing I pay for for my streaming service. It's a thing that, um, you know, helps me be productive. These are all these ways of sort of commodifying it and having it be this subject object thing as opposed to this. Uh, functional, uh, ritual, uh, enriching thing, you know? And it corrupts how it gets made too. What, why it gets made as well as how. What and why and how it's presented and, and what the motivations of, you know, various actors are, um, in that sphere. Uh, you know, I think there's such a strong energetic component to music, um, that, it also attracts this really vampiric, you know, uh, business culture wow. of people who just want to be around it, but they feed on it in a really unhealthy way, right? And because music is relational and and uh, it's sort of uh, it, its foundation is this kind of energetic give and take, that dynamic can go wrong really quickly, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and there's nowhere to hide in music. Yeah everything comes out right your intentions come out how you show up when you make it comes out there's just it's all right there something i've thought about about the sort of technological and economic evolution of music is that there's a lot of double-edged swords 
in its history in a way that feels kind of unusual. Like the best example I can think of is just the advent of recording itself, right? Like there is a, there's an adage, which may, you're like closer to the industry than I am. So it may even be like a cliche where you come from, but there's like a saying I've heard about the recorded, like the album or like the CD, like the, the, um, you know, the, it was it was something that that was said a lot when the sort of piracy online piracy age was kind of just getting going, and the music industry was in like a spiritual crisis. Like 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 the the record executives were like pleading for their lives, and there was a retort to that feeling that was like, you've only had the ability to like package music in plastic boxes and sell it for $20 for like 50 years. And you've already decided that like, this is the way that music must work. And yet for 25,000 years before that music was an entirely live experience. And like, you know, you had to be there to experience it. And, And like that, that line of reasoning was very compelling to me at the time. But then I also, love albums (laughs) you know like the ability the ability to i not only do i love listening to them i love making them it's actually my preference to record in the studio than to play live um both are fun but like recording is what i really love to do and i feel like you like to do studio stuff a lot too um it's a double-edged sword right um how how do you think that how do you think music as a human activity comes out like up or down after like recording in particular kicks in? Is it a net good or is it too risky? Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it's a net good. I I'm, I'm pretty feel pretty strongly about that. I do think the point you made is, is important to understand just like you look at anything on sort of a cosmological scale and you're like, wow, look at this little blip here. You know, you take this, even your span of your whole life seems like reality, but it's this tiny little blip, you know? Um, It's just like that with recording. And I think the most important thing about that context for me is about the social context of music, Mm -hmm. which is that sure there are professional musicians and sure there are people who made music live and got paid for it. uh, But really it was more woven into the social fabric of everyone's lives. And, you know, what we call folk music now, no one thought of folk music as folk music. It was like you went to a party and people brought their fiddle and their guitar and they played music. And that was just what you did. Right. It was it was as uh, normal now as seeing someone on the subway with their headphones on listening to Spotify. Right. It's just the fabric of society. But I think that's really interesting that 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 was that's more uh embedded in our uh history than recording mm-hmm. you know contextually but then recording comes along and all of a sudden you can capture sound and replay it and i think you know that has these huge ripples culturally and energetically that you can capture a moment in time to start, right? It's just a moment in time. You weren't doing overdubs or anything, mm-hmm. right? And then replay it. I can imagine how it must have felt like magic, mm-hmm. right? And I still get that feeling sometimes when I listen to a record where it's like, I can't believe I can just go put on a Nina Simone record and just summon her voice and be in the same room as that moment in time when she sang that. It's mm-hmm. still magical to me. But 
the interesting thing that happens, I think, is one, the technology shapes the music. So over time, both in terms of formats and technology, it changes the the music that's made. So, you know, I'm very partial to uh, vinyl records because I think they were like the perfect length and format for music, which is that you had two sides. So it created these two chapters and they were, you know, say 20-ish minutes long, 15 to 20 minutes long each. And it created this uh, structure that and constraint that musicians had to work in and that produced some of the best music ever made, right? Um, and then you get the CDs, and I feel like CDs are a little bit too long in general. Like it was kind of a foot gun situation for a lot of musicians where it's like, oh, I'll fill up 80 minutes. Uh-huh. Sure, you know? That's such a good point. Like the best records that came out on CD are still 45 minutes long. 100%. But there are so many with 16 tracks and that only needed to have 10. Yeah, exactly. But And then the flip side of that is that even though I love vinyl records, I still like if I want to listen to Nirvana, never mind. I think you should listen to it on a CD. Uh-huh. Like I, I'm kind of a purist that actually the format it was made for is the most uh, realistic expression of that album. Sure. Um, but you know, to me, it's no different than inventing an instrument, right? Like mm-hmm. recording technology became an instrument. You have, you know, Lee Perry doing fascinating things with dub and echoes and using the recording console as an instrument. Mm-hmm. And you have, uh, you know, I mean, there's a million examples of that, right? Where the studio became an instrument. Mm-hmm. And these little insights of, well, how can I take this existing tool and use it in this creative way? It just expanded the palette Mm -hmm. for musicians, really. And uh, even though, uh, you know, you can go overboard with that in general, I think that's a good thing. You know, I'm very I'm very pro using technology uh, in music as long as it doesn't become dehumanizing. You know, Mm -hmm. I think that's the important part for me is that continuing to um, have it feel human and just be a medium for expression, you know? Mm -hmm. I feel like it zigs and zags a little bit like the, because the progress of technology is so quick and maybe it's like something about audio itself too. Like it's such a simple signal to encode that things change like everywhere in the pipeline, you know, like I, like I think about the first, you know, there's, there's like early Beatles stereo mixes that sound completely ridiculous you know, because they were just like panning things live, like left to right. Like it sounds like they're spinning around in circles around you. And it's like really distracting. And the, but, th- but then you end up in the 21st century, mid 21st century. And thank God those stereo recordings exist, right? Because now they can put together like a spatial audio mix that like just puts Paul over there and puts John over there and it sounds like you're in the room with them. Right. And like, that was how it was supposed to sound all along, even though you couldn't communicate that on a mono track on a final record. And, and, but, but there's, and then in between there's compression, right? Like there was, there was a lot of angst sort of when I was first getting started playing music about MP3s, like ruining everything. And because it sounded tinny or whatever, you know, it lost data. And I feel like we've come out on the other side of that or almost, I'd love to hear what you think. Cause like, I know you love analog sound. I also do, but it's just like a spatial audio recording of a band from the 1960s 
is like a very special thing to me. And I'm like very grateful for digital technologies in music because it helps you reproduce the most human version of the recording that you can. Uh, I, I'm I'm not really pushing back on vinyl exactly. It's just like the like what is what is what is human? Actually, let's like make it the juiciest musician question possible. Like, what is more human or warmer or whatever about analog than digital? The thing about analog for me is actually that it's unpredictable, and so it creates this element of chance. Um, and yeah, tape compression's great. You know, like there's a reason why a lot of those records sound great because you get this natural compression on tape tube similar, right? You get this natural compression and we throw around these words like warmth. And I think any musician, if you talk to, will know what you're talking about, but it's, you know, that's kind of a subjective quality, right? Um, And I think the interesting thing that happens over time for me is when you have analog and then you have digital come in and when digital first comes in, it, the contrast is really stark. Yeah. Right. Like, I'm sure there's records from the eighties that you listen to and you're just like, wow, yeah. you know, what is going on here? You know um, for me, the, the particularly uh, egregious ones are jazz records, like, or uh, any record that is acoustic instruments being recorded digitally. Like uh-huh. in the eighties, almost every bass on a jazz record sounds terrible. Uh-huh. And you're just like, why? Why did we had such a great sound? Why did we go to this? But over time, they start to converge. And I think in, you know, 2023, most people are not really going to be able to tell the difference. Uh Um, The technology has gotten so good. And I think that progress is really human to me, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And really... uh, uh, it's great. I just, I, I think it's cool that we're so uh, focused on making it better and better and better and more sort of, for lack of a better word, realistic, that we can model a lot of the characteristics of analog sound to the point where you can make really great records that are digital, that sound really warm mm-hmm. and, you know, are very difficult to tell the difference between digital and analog. So I feel like what really matters is does the end result get across what the musician is trying to express? You know, that's the, that's the key. I feel like it's actually zoomed out a little bit, the sort of like digital versus analog, like whatever spiritual thing that represented in the past, I feel like it's zoomed out to something more like, do you want to reproduce the space where the music is played or do you want to create a space in the finished product that never existed before? You know what I mean? And like the result of that is like falls down along like genre lines at this point. Like I'm almost like, like my question is about it is almost like what is electronic music? <laughs> you know what I mean? And like is uh, well, the question is what happens when you create new sonic spaces out of nothing in the studio environment? How how is that human we, when we've never yeah. we've never been able to hear sound that sounds like that before? Yeah, I mean, I think it, it gets into some really interesting discussions around electricity. You know? <laughs> it's like really what we're doing is taking electricity and putting it through these signals and, you know, encoding that as sound. Encoding is maybe not quite the word I um, I mean there, but I think you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. and 
applying these different circuits and you know uh techniques to it creates sound and because of the nature of acoustics in general right on formants and uh waveforms and harmonic series you can start to pick apart what makes an acoustic sound sound the way it does and recreate that and i think there's plenty of those that end up in that kind of uncanny valley of, of sound where you're just like eh I don't like that, you yeah. know, but sometimes the mimicking creates this whole new thing that communicates its own essence. And I think what you hear a lot of the time or what I hear is that those things tend to be of the age that they were created. Uh -huh. So, you know, when you hear these 80s synth heavy pop songs, they're perfect for the 80s, right? It's like it's the most 80s thing that you could be doing and listening to, right? They almost define what the 80s is forever after that. Exactly. It's perfect. And and that's true now, right? Like you have musicians who are nostalgic for that and try and recreate that, right? With with vintage synths and or, you know, modeled synths of that sound yeah. because they captured some essence of that time, you know? Mm -hmm. And so... Uh, I came, I did start out very kind of analog purist in the sense that I was like, you know, electric instruments, sure, but, you know, no digital things in, in the signal chain. Um, and in general, trying to capture that and then enhance that. But what I realized over time is that on the electronic side is that this is just the march of progress of music technology is that yeah sort of like we talked about the analog and digital you start trying to figure these things out and over time they converge into this really amazing sound so like these days some of the plugins i use are you know 100 gigabytes of samples of you know an orchestra mm -hmm. so when i'm when i'm when i'm hitting a note there's you know 128 different uh, levels of velocity uh, of, you know, just teeny, teeny increments of how they articulate the sound. I can move the mic around the room, you know, and say like, I oh, know I want to hear what it sounds like when you're mic'd from the back of the theater or in the corner of Abbey one. Right. I mean, th the fact that I can summon that from my uh, home studio on the coast of Maine is magic you know to me and so i don't i don't think that that falls well into an analog digital electronic divide anymore i don't i don't even know how to describe that right but the possibilities become really vast